Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. Today, John's brother Joel is our guest. He is a businessman in our community, and he also heads up the Peace by Believing prison ministry. We are grateful that you have joined us today as Joel continues his message from God's Word, God-Sized Dreams. I love Psalm 23.3. It says, He guides me along the right paths. Some of you know that verse. For whose name's sake? For my name's sake? No, no, no. For his name's sake. He guides me along the right paths, not just paths, the right paths for his name's sake. But I'll tell you today, some of us need to step out there in faith because if we were honest, some of us here, our whole lives have been all about me, my, and mine. And we need to change that and we need to step out there in faith and put his name on something and see what he will do for his name's sake. Because it doesn't go all that great when we're trying to do something for our name's sake. Because if it's all about us, it's all about nothing. But if it's about him, he will do some things for his own name's sake. But we have to stop the excuses about why we're stuck wherever we are and start putting God's name on our future. You know, if the Lord doesn't return first, and if we're still living on this earth, we're going to show up somewhere five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. But where? We'll always be in difficult times. See, one of the ways through those difficult times is through huge, bold, God-sized dreams. That dream that you're embarrassed to even tell anyone else. That huge, bold, God-sized dream. See, that dream has to be bigger than the adversity. That dream has to be bigger than the fear. There has to come a time. Let me ask, didn't y'all grow up in the country church, anyone? A few? Y'all remember that song when we were little kids? A few of y'all that grew up in the country church. Have a little talk with Jesus. Anybody? Tell him all about our problems. He will hear my every cry and he will answer by and by. That's the true song. We need to tell Jesus about our problems for sure, 100%. I was thinking that when I was a little guy. I'm not a little guy anymore. Some of us have been going 40 years telling Jesus all about our problems. We do need to tell Jesus about our problems. Let me tell you something, though. If you want to see your problems melt away, go from telling Jesus about how big your problem is to telling your problem about how big Jesus is. You know, I, I do believe we need to tell Jesus our problems. But I, with me, let me speak for me. I feel like sometimes Jesus said, Joel, I got it. You've told me that a thousand times. When are you going to do anything? Why don't you go talk to that problem about me and see what happens is what I feel in my spirit. So, so yeah, we need to tell Jesus about our problems, but we also need to, to kind of get up off the couch and take some control of some things and, 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 and use the mind he gave us and, and see what happens when we put his name on it and tell our problems about the power and the bigness of your God. See, don't allow that fear to be bigger than your dream. Some of you may say this morning, I, I don't really, you may just be being honest, and you may say, Joel, right now in my life, I don't know if I have a dream. Let me tell you, if you don't, get a dream. Get a dream. Not my dream, not somebody else's dream. You know, your dream may be being the best mom or the best dad, the best grandparent that you can be. That's great. 
Your dream may be changing the world for Christ. Your dream may be a thousand different things, but latch on to that dream that is so much bigger than you that without God showing up, there's a zero chance that it succeeds. Our family, Jody and I are in the middle of two God-sized dreams right now, dreams that we've prayed about one for decades and envisioned for years. Uncertain, you bet. Any chance of success? Zero without God showing up. See, they're too big. There's no way. And when you get there, you may feel like you're drowning. But get the truth inside of you when you feel like you're drowning. Isaiah 43, 16 says, God makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. You're not drowning. Hold on to God. He's your anchor. Have any of y'all noticed lately that a lot of people are talking about how bad it is? Anybody notice? Is it just me? Maybe I'm around different people. You know, I'm all over the place, and people say, oh, it's bad, it's this, this, and I'm not diminishing. I'm sure there's problems, I suppose. I don't know. But it's bad. And sometimes I'll hear someone say, you know, it just doesn't ever seem like God shows up for me. And, you know, you look at what they're saying, and you want to say, maybe sometime you do say, why would God need to show up? What is it that you're doing that requires God? Because it looks like to me pretty much you could handle this yourself. See, sometimes the reason God doesn't show up is we never put ourselves in a position where if he doesn't show up, there's no chance of anything happening because it's way easier just to play it in the middle of the road and keep it safe. That's not Jesus. Do you remember in the, in the New Testament when Jesus walked by grown men with established businesses, all he said was, follow me. Two words. They quit their job like that. They quit their career like that and followed God. That wasn't the safe way. They followed Jesus. But we have to embrace that. I love 2 Corinthians 3. It says you are a living epistle. Get that in your spirit. The story of your life is still being written. It's a living epistle. And, and today you may be right about your circumstance, but does it serve you to focus on that? Because the mind focuses on what it's most familiar with, and whatever we focus on grows. But if we'll meditate on the Word, Psalm 119.97 says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. But we have to get our mind off of our past and problems and on God's plan for you. Let me tell you this morning. If Jesus Christ lives inside of you, you are a child of the Most High King. I'm not diminishing your problem. I'm just pointing out the size of your father. He's the Most High King. But half of us mope around like whatever, slump down, shoulder. Who's, who's that going to attract to God? I'll tell you this morning, in all sincerity, I didn't come to give a pep talk. This stuff is real. I don't have a book to sell. I'm not applying to be your life coach. This stuff works. When you get a problem, get in this word. So I, let's be honest. Some of us have never tried it. Some of us have never tried it. Let me ask you, how has it worked out so far? If you've never tried it yet, how has what you've tried worked out? Let me tell you, you, you try this, it'll never fail you. I would rather have Jesus and his word with me through any storm and any adversity I go through than to have the best day without him then we'll get to that life of adventure full of challenges. Pain sometimes? Sure, but in a good way. You know what you can do? You can get better at hurting. You won't mind the pain. Lean into the pain. 
And take the hurt as confirmation that you're on the right road. Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were stronger. Don't wish for less challenges. Pray for more wisdom so you can experience all that God has for you and not stay in that neat little bubble where everything's safe and predictable, just trying to not rock the boat. What kind of fun is that? A couple years ago, we were planning a vacation. We've gone on a few extreme vacations. Uh, but we were planning a vacation, and one somebody would say, well, let's do this. I said, that's no fun. And somebody else said, well, let's do this. That's no fun. Well, so finally, our daughter, Charlie, she was about 9 or 10 or something. She said, Mom, you know Dad doesn't think a vacation is any fun if there's no chance of death. <laughs> See, that's adventure. That's adventure. Get out there. You know, maybe don't you want to be that adventurous? I don't know. But see, that is adventuresome. I think the Christian life, the Christian life is fun. The Christian life is exhilarating. Problems, heck yeah. All kinds of problems. But, but people should be excited about Jesus by being around us. Seem like too many Christians just want to condemn people to hell. Tell them everything's wrong. Why don't you tell them about Jesus? He'll fix all of that junk. It's not my job to go around and condemn for this and this and this and this and this. We need to be out showing the love of Jesus to others. And if you don't have any of that in your spirit, you have, we have to ask ourselves, is Jesus Christ alive within our heart? Yeah, we all have our bad days. If I wake up every morning moping around, is Jesus in my heart? God gives us those dreams as a preview of what is possible in our lives. And the more you understand and lean into those dreams, you'll understand they aren't something you came up with. They came straight from Jesus. You know, I think we've all had times in our lives where we felt just a little glimpse of something that we could do, that, that God had, had put in our heart. Just We just had a little small picture of what we could do. I think most of us would agree with that. And, you know, I think most of us would also say it seemed to kind of fade away. I felt it. I saw it. I felt like I saw it in my mind for a moment and it felt away the reason is we didn't lean into it if you just got this big of a picture lean into it and it'll get a little bigger and just keep leaning into it it'll keep getting a little bigger every step that you take but we have to step out in faith boldly not towards the fear but towards the dream and slowly but surely we'll keep leaning into those things and then those dreams will start to become your default not the obstacles and challenges. Those around you probably won't understand it, and that's okay. Just keep leaning into what you know God has for you. If you don't see it completely, just keep leaning. Keep leaning. The more you lean into those dreams and just take small steps, they don't have to be big steps, just take small steps in faith. You will see it more and more. You will see both the possibilities. Sometimes you'll see the challenges, but outlast the temporary. Proverbs 29:18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. You know, I've found that we struggle in general, I struggle in general with vision sometimes, with having a dream. And then, though, past getting that dream, sometimes we struggle with depth perception. See, I'll tell you something that's helped me to understand. We'll accomplish a lot less in a year than we think possible. But in five years, we'll accomplish multitudes more than we ever dreamed possible. And you say, why does that matter? Well, the reason it matters is if you think you can do it in a year and you get out there a little bit, step, a few steps down the road and it's two or three months and you don't see anything, you're apt to quit. Just keep walking. It's amazing when you look back 
You say, oh my goodness, in five years, I would have never guessed. But if you look back where you were a year in, normally it doesn't seem like that's very far. Depth perception. We can't think it'll all happen in the short run. Hear me this morning. You are a lot closer to your dream than you think. You are a lot closer to getting past whatever it is you're going through than you think. You're a lot closer to beating that addiction than you think. To experiencing that perfect peace. As it says in Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. You're one decision, one thought, one emotion, one meeting, one step in faith away from turning that corner. Stop thinking it's so far away and stop thinking about all those things that don't serve you because all pain is temporary. Outlast the temporary. You are going to arrive somewhere in 5, 10, 20 years. The question is, who are you going to be when you get there? Who will you have helped? Will the kingdom be any different because of your life? There's four characters that you can show up in 5, 10, 20 years down the line. The first is invisible, just invisible. No one knows them. No one knows anyone, anything they've achieved. No one has kept a record of their life. I'm not talking about large things. Maybe it's that encouraging phone call you made to a friend who's going through a problem this morning. You're not invisible to them. Maybe it's just a hug you gave somebody on the way into church this morning because you can kind of tell they were having a tough time. It can be very small things, but the goal cannot be anonymity. Jesus did not die on the cross for our sins so that we could live a life of anonymity and be anonymous to everyone. That is not the goal. Helping someone in need. When no one sees you do it, you're making deposits into other people's lives and into your future and into the kingdom. But many, their entire life is invisible. Ask yourself, am I going to let whatever I'm going through right now or whatever I have been through or whatever's going on in the world or in my mind or in my family show up 20 years from now invisible, making no difference in others' lives, making no difference in the kingdom? Is that what we were created to do? Absolutely not. Let me remind you of something. You are the only you God ever created. If you don't step out and do what God created you to do, no one will because he created you to do it. But we overcomplicate it. We spend so much time searching for the mind of God that we forget all we need to know is the heart of God. Just step out. Help someone in Jesus' name. We see it every day. Pilate had his moment, remember? He washed his hands of it. I'll ask you today, what is it that God is putting in front of you right now that if you just took hold of it, you would do so much good? Maybe it's not the good you're supposed to do next year. I'm asking today, what good is in your path to help someone in Jesus' name? The second person we can show up with 5, 10, 20 years from now is the victim. The victim, you hear it all the time. I was a victim of people, of my life, of circumstance, a victim, a victim, a victim. Some say it's the way it's been for generations in my life. Nothing's ever gone our way. My grandparents, my parents, the deck's always been stacked against us. Let me tell you two things today. You aren't responsible for your previous generations. You're responsible for your present generation and your future generations. It's all you can control. If that's you, remember this this morning. It ran in your family until it ran into you. Get that in your spirit, somebody in this room today. Somebody's had some generational messes going on. It ran in your family until it ran into you. No more. 
No more. That doesn't get passed down to the next generation. Break that bondage today. You are not a victim. Rise above that setback, that addiction, that bad decision. You're going to move past that, and you're going to put God's name on it, and it's going to be clear that God showed up. You are, as of today, no longer a victim. You may have walked in that door a victim. You're going to walk out that door a victor. You are going to help others, and others are going to be inspired and encouraged because you're going to break that cycle. Romans 8.37 says, not only are you a victor, you are more than victors. Third person we can show up as, third character is the hero, and this is a tricky one because it's easy sometimes for us to all fall into this category. The problem with being the hero of your own story is there's no room for anyone else. You take up all the oxygen. The hero is self-contained. They don't need anyone, and the challenge is the script is it's all about me. And when we fall into this trap, and maybe we all do from time to time, we can't see it normally. And then some well-meaning person might say, you know, I think you are a little bit of a narcissist. And if anyone ever tells you that, that means they think you're a lot of bit of a narcissist. Trust me. Do you know what the hero says to himself when he hears that? Who do you think you are to talk to me that way? Because no one can speak into the hero's life. And the tragedy when we fall into that is we're trying to be something God never meant us to be. Because let me tell you, no matter how amazing or talented or gifted you are, you're not God. And how do you rise above that narrative from being the hero and it all being about me to I'm here to serve? It's sometimes more difficult than we think, but I love what it said. You should read over in John 13 this week. It says the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas to betray Jesus. Judas was the hero of his own story. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and he had come from God, and he would return to God. So what did Jesus do? He got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. Jesus, who had all power and authority, chose to wash his disciples' feet. The true hero, it isn't all about them. It isn't all about their power. It's about their character, which brings us to the last group. And I'm closing. Thank you for your attentiveness this morning. The goal we want to shoot for when we show up five years, 10 years, 20 years down the line is the servant. This is the level, this is the awesome level that we want to be at. It's not who's the most powerful, it's who serves more. See, the hero generally serves themselves, but the servant leader serves others. Jesus said in John 13, verse 12, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I have set the example for you that you should do for others. What I've done for you, very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus is saying a true hero isn't someone that's all about them. It's always the center of attention. Maybe even it's ever the center of attention. Remember Herod, when people called him God, he embraced that because he wanted to be seen as a God even though he was just a man. Jesus, even though he is God, lived as a servant. He says, this is why I've done what I've done. This is the story you were created to be in because if I'm your master and if I'm the servant, then you must become the servant of all too. 
Because when we rise to our true calling and, and embrace those God-sized dreams, we have to understand that means we are to be the servant, not the hero. It means we have to trust God that if we live our life to serve others, then we've actually lived to our highest calling. Your greatest acts of courage are the times you completely forget about yourself and you think about others. Thinking about yourself requires no courage. We have to flip that script and reject being invisible and being the victim and being the hero and embrace those God-sized dreams and serve. That's what takes courage. I tell you, as we close today, there's a story that God began writing about each of you before you breathed your first breath. And there's a story he's waiting to write about the rest of your life. You are a living epistle. That story is waiting to be told in eternity. I encourage you today, all your dreams are buried in the deep end of the pool. Jump in. You won't drown. You were born to do something great. Yes, you you were born to do something great. No matter what you may have been told growing up, you were born to do something great and special that only you can do. We started this morning by saying everything in this life is temporary. And that's true. But understand, everything is not temporary. When we leave this life, and we will all leave this life, we will all step out into eternity. There is a false narrative that gets pushed today that if we'll just do unto others as we'd have them do unto us, it all ends up okay. That's not what this Bible says. It says many will say, Lord, Lord, he will say, away from me, I knew you not. Let me tell you that there's another false narrative that says if we believe and do certain things, we'll go to heaven. If not, it ends when we die. No, 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 no. We are all going to step out into eternity. That's not optional. Where we spend eternity is 100% optional. We will either step out into eternity to be in heaven with Jesus forever, or we will step out into eternity in hell, in torment, separated from Jesus forever. There's no do-overs. I love what it says in Romans 10:9. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... My, my, how many bad confessions have some of us made with our mouths? Huh? But, but he says the way to accept Jesus is we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that he, was ro that he rose from the dead, you will be saved. It's not Jesus plus anything. It's just Jesus only. This morning you may say, you know, these dreams, deals, I, I think I kind of understand a little bit about it, but I don't have anything inside my spirit. The Bible says we're to search ourselves. Not for me to search you, not for you to search me, but I can't help but think if we were really honest with the searching some in this room when they search in their souls, just say there's nothing there. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if that's you this morning, if you feel a tug at your heart and you just say, I, I want to go on that adventure with Jesus. Yeah, painful, yes, tough, yes, but I'd rather have my worst day with Jesus than my best day without. If you feel that nudge at your heart this morning, if that's you and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ based on God's words, say these words with your mouth out loud and mean them in your heart and you will be saved. If that's you, say these words, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. 
I repent from my past. I trust my future with you. I believe you died on a cross. I believe you were buried in a tomb. I believe you were raised on that third day to save my soul. I trust you alone for my salvation, Jesus. Welcome to my heart. For those of you who have prayed to receive Christ as your Savior today, we would love to know about it and to rejoice with you as a new follower of Jesus. Please send us an email to info at peacebybelieving.org or give us a call at 1-800-337-0157. Again, that's 1-800-337-0157. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.